Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, your Star Wars podcast for us super fans and those normally forced to listen. However, today's not that day because Tom is still sitting on a beach drinking out of a coconut, and I'm here parenting with a whole bunch of other people for part two of our roundtable. Get ready, it's time to drink up! Hello, 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 and welcome back to Pink Milk. I'm your host, Brian, normally my better half, and your better host, Thomas, is sitting here with me on our husband and husband episodes. However, like I said, he's sitting on a beach somewhere down in Kokomo drinking out of coconuts, right? Isn't that what they do? Even though now when I think of coconuts, I think of Kim Petra's song, Coconuts, so you can watch them bounce up and down if you want to. And while you're watching them bounce up and down, why don't you go ahead and do us a favor? And uh, maybe leave us a review on Apple iTunes, like this one from our friend Scotty. Pink milk is always a good time, no matter the occasion. No matter what is going on in the world, they always do a great job in keeping you entertained and interested in what's going on in a galaxy far, far away. While Pink Milk is aimed at a queer audience, I believe anyone with a sense of humor will get something out of their content. On top of just talking about Star Wars, they cover a range of topics from parenting to growing up queer to current events, just to name a few. This pod also has a great, diverse collection of hosts that anyone and everyone can find something to relate to. Whether you're a diehard Star Wars fan or you just enjoy Baby Yoda on that Disney Plus show, yeah, we'll have a great time listening to Pink Milk. Thank you so much, Scotty. That's really, really awesome. And honestly, these reviews really do help out um, with with everything on the podcast and the streams and all of that stuff. So, if you're a fan of the show, uh, it really, really, really does appreciate. It really does help, and we really do appreciate those shoutouts. So, if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please do so now. I'd love to get to like a hundred reviews on apple Podcasts before star Wars celebration i don't know if it's possible but you know we're like 38 away so can 38 of you i know there are 38 of you listening that haven't done it yet please thank you also you know i'm sorry for like such plugs right at the beginning of the whole thing because um it feels a little cheap but without my husband here i don't really know how to have a conversation so i hope things are well with you things this week have been pretty good um I'm getting hammered at work. It's all right. I saw my Pink Milk family on Friday night. I'm talking to you all now. So, you know, things are on the up and up. My kids, uh, my, my, my Eli's, our middle son, they, for, they scored their first point on Saturday in their soccer game. That was very, very exciting. Michael pulled lots of flags and flag football. That was exciting. Um, that's about the knowledge of my sports. So... There's that. And, uh, you know, I did watch some Star Wars Visions this weekend because Star Wars Visions exists and it's some of my favorite Star Wars ever. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I want to record some stuff for Obi-Wan, so that might be coming. Anyways, you know what? 
I can already tell this is going to be a very boring little four minutes. So let's just go ahead and jump into this really great conversation I have with all these parents. If you enjoyed last week, this week is really great too as we dive into some social media and what we plan to do with that. So without further ado, thank you so much. And uh, let's jump into this episode. It's that time. Let's drink up. Hello there, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for making it back another week. Last week, we had a really, really great conversation. It ran a little longer than we had anticipated. But, you know, it's nice to see you all came back. It's nice to see that all of you changed as well. You know, we're just... <laughs> we're all wearing the same thing we wore a week ago. So it's, just, it's, it's incredible. All of you coordinated very nicely, so well done. Well, well done. Yeah, I, I, I look great over here. I'm sure it's just a real fantastic thing going on up in here. <laughs> but uh, our, our, our clothes don't really matter. This is a podcast after all. So today I really want to talk a bit more or actually a bit about social media and our kids, what that looks like, what it's going to look like, you know, all of us are pretty active on social media. Twitter can be Twitter. We know uh, it can be quite the cesspool. Uh, I don't know what everyone else's experience is like, but I know as a queer person, uh, it's really not great all the time. But then there's really great things like this, like meeting all of you now. And uh, those that's the stuff I usually try to focus on. But, you know, we're human and we can't always do that all the time. But, you know, I have a son who is 12 and is really angling to get onto TikTok. I'm not quite ready yet. You know, they he wanted a, a YouTube channel back in the day, which is why we started this. So I figured this is a great conversation. Kerwin, I want to start with you as you have a YouTube channel with your son. Well, I mean, for a very long time, we've been, um, you know, Ty and I have been talking about not even uh, um, turning off the notifications so that we don't receive any type of uh, comments or messages. We recently turned it on. Um, so far, people have been very nice. They've been um, uh, very friendly, but we are preparing ourselves uh, for that moment where, you know, either we say or do something or... <laughs> look a certain way and someone's going to come out and, and, and come after us. Um, but what we do is we don't allow Keith to, uh, to read the comments. Uh, Ty and I monitor them for ourselves and something that we think, okay, well, Keith, this is very interesting. You should read this comment. We'll do that. But we try to keep them off of the socials as much as possible. And the same goes for Twitter and uh, Instagram. You know, we don't let Keith roam through uh, the, the social media, unless we, um, you know, specifically say, okay, you can go ahead and take a look. So, um, right now it's a trial period. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but we're doing the monitoring. We don't allow him to, to 
look at it. He's been asking about putting uh, a YouTube channel together for his Legos so he can um, create Legos. Um, we have not done that yet. Once again, we're still looking at, you know, just monitoring the podcast for now and seeing how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, this has to be every kid. It's like I said, Jack wanted a YouTube channel. He's kind of moved on to Twitch. But, I, you know, I don't know what he's going to talk about. I guess they just play games. That's that's the world I don't know. Des, how about you? What, what What's going on with you? And your little one. Oh my gosh! This is uh, as having a nine-year-old. This has been um, it, it's been quite the uh, the journey. Um, we do let her play with a tablet. Um, um, we that we looked at something called Rock Blocks or Roblox or something like that, it's where she's chatted with her friends, and so far it's been okay. We looked at it. Um, we use um, see. I'm not even on Facebook anymore, so it's hard. But we at least let her use Facebook Messenger. Um, so we can at least see what's going on with that. Um, we're not going to catch everything. Come on. Like, look at, I mean, you know, our, our, we, I grew up in a world where, you know, like I'm, I'm just dealing uh, in my part of my world. We're seeing people with in music practices with cell phones. Okay. I didn't have that back when I was playing as a kid. Now our kids have so much more technology. We thought we were, you know, we were pretty savvy and stuff, but there's stuff out there. I'm not on TikTok. I'm sorry. You know, unfortunately, I just turned 50, so I have now have no no grasp on reality, according to some people. Um, so, but um, it's hard. We're going to miss things. Um, you know, I have my almost an 18-year-old where I have no, and as much as you want to know with her world, I can at least, I know people shit on Spotify, but I'm having a hard time with getting rid of it. But I can see at least what my oldest is listening to. And I'm finding some of it quite, and I'm having to go, you know, talk about not judging, but um, having to be like, okay, that thing's okay. That's okay. But I'm more worried about what they find. I'm more worried about what comes towards them. And so it's, uh, you know, we, she's too early. I mean, I'm not going to let her have her Twitter account. Um, you know, she's very much would love to do that. You know, she watches all the, let's watch my little Barbies and stuff and do things in these little environmental worlds. And then she's doing other, like, stuff and whatever and you know my oldest with minecraft for a while i didn't find a problem with that but i know there's been some issues but you're going to find issues anywhere you go okay you know we can't wrap our kids in bubble wrap i mean we had concrete on the playground okay these kids get wood chips now okay we we learn and grow and hopefully you know we have no mistake and we, we learn from our mistakes generation to generation we're not going to catch everything. We just hopefully instill in our kids that, you know, that like, look, when my oldest can go to me and say, mama, can you stop saying the word, you know, the F word is often. And she sees it and goes, you know what? You know, when you're getting schooled by your own nine-year-old, but yet, you know, she ceases, I see it. But yet she has no, so instill in them, at least not in the fear type of way of just how to start rationalizing, teaching your kids critical thinking. And so when they are starting to go right now, look, you know, we're, we're not going to give her most of the social media. We're trying to restrict it. But at the same time, what's coming in, trying to at least start instill, you know, that's kids sarcastic as all get out. And I'm one proud of her critical thinking skills, but she's not ready to be thrown into the deep end. So it's that it's a, it's a balance. You know, it's like, 
we we can't think of everything they're going to do, everything they're going to like, because they have now, you know, we've they've grown more beyond our influence. You know, when they were younger, we were their everything. Okay, we were the center. Now they start going to school, and then, you know, you start seeing now you start hearing eight eight thirty in the morning on a Saturday, her chatting with her friends on this little on this little app, and it's like their worlds are starting to blossom a little bit more. We're not going to catch everything. But hopefully we've instilled a good enough foundation. I love that you just called it a foundation. And you're right, we're not going to catch everything because it's next to impossible. We don't even catch all the things ourselves on our on our own social medias. But uh hopefully we did enough good job. Hopefully all of us here are doing the job. Everyone listening is doing the job to instill those foundations in our children enough that they catch it themselves. If the things that we miss, they'll be able to see it and they'll have the foundation to respond to it appropriately. Uh, Nick, Jason, this is something that the two of you, I'm sure, really started to deal with it with the age of your of your little ones. So I'm curious what this looks like for the two of you. Jason, let's start with you. Yeah, I, it's interesting because, yeah, my daughter is she's thir- she's when this by the time this comes out she's she'll be 13 and she's like 13 going on like 23 you know and she always has been since she was a baby uh she's always just you know but in it, it's i i shared something in our chat on the side earlier the the student becomes the teacher and that line from book of boba with uh ahsoka talking to luke about little grogu when when i it's you know it's it's such an obvious thing but it when it when it was said on screen it really resonated with me and it's been resonating with me through a lot of our conversations and i think that for my wife and i i think that has kind of been our and I, if for this this topic it's such a child by child basis there's no like there's no this is the way every child should be because for every child i mean i say all the time she is so smart. My daughter is so smart. My daughter is so strong. So she's got such a good head on her shoulders, but I did not at her age at 13. I don't know what social media would have done for me, you know, but she, the thing we are so lucky with, with her is she, and we've taught her this again, since she was very, very little is that she can tell us anything, absolutely anything. And there's no judgment and there's no fear. And she we we hope that that continues and that she's always comfortable with speaking to us about any topic and she's 13 and that's still going on and as much as sometimes we just want to go to sleep or we just like (laughs) we just want to watch this show on netflix you know but we have to like turn it off and be like okay yes we're listening to you a hundred percent you have all of our attention right now because she's our only child too it's just the three of us and it's always kind of been that way where we're just a team and, you know, again, she's a 13-year-old girl. And there's been, you know, there's other kids that are just nasty. And that's been the thing of kind of talking to her and having those, like, very difficult conversations of people are going to be nasty. And there's just, there's horrible people out there in the world. <clears throat> and how do you process that and how do you move forward and 
like so much of us has said already, my wife and I, we, we don't have all the answers and we can't always be like Yoda and say, do or do not, there is no try. And wow, that's deep and move on and fly away and go rescue your friends on Bespin. There are times when we're like, we don't know what to tell you, but at least we're talking about it. At least we're having a very honest conversation. And we, and we t- always tell her we're, we appreciate so much that you are so open with us and your honesty will always be returned with honesty from us. So, and that's, and if we relate it back to star Wars, that's the thing that the student becomes the teacher. And we see so much in star Wars of these mentors, you know, I think of Obi-Wan and Anakin, they loved each other, but in the end of the day, Obi-Wan admits I failed you. You know, I'm, I didn't do the things I was supposed to do. Um, there's always that fear of failure and that you're not doing the right thing. But yeah, as long as there's a basis of love and honesty and communication, I think, uh, I think that's, that's where, where we go forward again. Hopefully that made sense. (laughs) Of course it makes sense. Of course. A hundred percent. I loved all of everything that you just said, but you know, the thing that stood out for me the most is that you referred to your daughter as part of the team. And I think that is so incredibly important and so powerful that she's a valued part of the team. I hope every parent looks at their children as a valued part of the team. What you're doing is so great. That's why why she's going to do so well going forward because her opinion is already of value. You know... We do our best with our boys, even they're, they're still very young, you know, two, eight and nine are our youngest. But even when Michael was four and Eli was six, we, we did our best to make them feel like part of their team, our team, you know, for them was also coming into a new, a new environment that they didn't have the opportunity to grow up in. So we had to work. We felt that we had to work really hard to make sure they were part of that team. And, they overcame so much when they were born, you know, two, three, four, five. They overcame so much that, of course, they're going to be rock solid, just like your daughter's going to be rock solid. And I think it's great. Nick, how about you? What What's going on with those those beautiful twins of yours? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, certainly... Um, we are also team talk to your kids, be upfront with your kids, you know, and my wife is especially so great at that and having girls, there are moments where, you know, I don't hesitate to go to the grocery store and buy, you know, pads and things that we need for our house. I have no shame. It's not a shame thing. It's life. It's the way life works. It's normal. But there are also times when like they need to have conversations with mom and that's fine. And I recognize my role in that, but we're always going to all be upfront when they came home in third grade and said, what's the F word? Mom sat down and said, here's what the F word is. And, you know, dealt, you know, they've learned things along the way. Um, they're not super interested in the fact that like when she and I flirt and are, you know, make sexual innuendo jokes to each other, like, Oh my God, please stop. It's so gross. Go like, they don't want to hear it, but we're going to be ourselves and we're going to have natural, healthy, you know, love for one another and that kind of stuff. So on that level, you know, we're the parents that talk to our kids. Like it's important. It's important to be real, to call things, what their names are, you know, those kinds of things, body parts, whatnot. Um, 
as far as social media goes and certainly having, you know, two almost 14 year old girls who are in middle school in eighth grade, it's a hellscape out there. Um, we're not doing social media and it's not like this big, bad, like, you know, slam the door down. No, you can't have, they're not really interested in it right now. And to the best of my knowledge, because we don't know everything to the best of my knowledge, they don't have any of the major social media things. There's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, there's no Twitter. Um, actually may slam a wall down on Twitter because we all know about Twitter and how awful it is. Um, the big thing that was kind of a deal for a little bit was YouTube. Um, and of course we have this generation of kids who all watch YouTubers and watch a million kids unbox shit for hours on end and make videos and get products sent to them and all that. My oldest Harper, they play this game called animal jam, which is kind of in the same realm as like Roblox and Minecraft. It's curated by national geographic. It's pretty safe. It's got safe search text and all these different things. And it's you create characters and you walk around and you make dens and you decorate them like it's it's a fun, you know, seems to be a, a wholesome, OK game. But they watch videos of other Animal Jam people and personalities baking screen share videos of this is me playing the game and this is me going and collecting gems or whatever it is. And my oldest, especially forever, she's like, I want a YouTube account because I want to make Animal Jam videos. And I just fought it and I fought it and I fought it. And I'd say, I don't know, because I'm thinking the safety stuff, like names and person, you know. So last summer, I found out she kind of went ahead and she did create an Animal Jam YouTube account. And um, without getting full clearance, I was kind of in that, let me research it. Let me figure out a safe way for you to do this mode. So we had a thing about that. We had some consequences of doing it without asking. And after we came through that, she makes these videos. It doesn't have her face. It doesn't have her name. It doesn't have, you know, like it's a pretty curated safe way. You all will love this as content creators. Um, as I am always trying to improve podcast of the wills and was trying to get to just like a hundred subscribers on YouTube. So I could have my own domain and you know, all this crap. Um, I've got like 200 subscribers on my channel, which is nothing. And that's fine. My child has 176 subscribers on her animal jam YouTube page. Just like that from like, Again, making videos of something I don't understand and doesn't make sense, but is safe. So it's about monitoring. It's about paying attention. I subscribe to their page when she puts a video up. You know, I check it out. I make sure that it's not anything that I think exposes, you know, her. Um, but luckily, the major social media, they're just not interested. And I think part of that is because they go to school with some kids that they're like, mm, I'm not interested in trying to keep up with everybody else. And they're just they're not those girls. They're wonderful girls but they're more into Marvel and star Wars and they're more into, you know, they kind of get annoyed by, you know, the fashion-y girl, you know, everybody has their thing and that's just not my girl's thing. So they're not worried about posting pictures of themselves in their latest fit or, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm thankful for that. But if we get to the point where we want to do that, we'll have conversations about it and we'll figure out how does that work and why do you want to do this and where, you know, what's the goal, what's the benefit um, because it goes back to what, you know, Jason said, which you said, Brian, it's about talking to your kids and it's about being involved in the decision making. I'm not the ruler at the top slamming the lid down and saying, no, you do what I say. There are moments when I'm going to do that because I think it's when I protect you and because I am older and unfortunately I have been there and have dealt with things. Um, but for the most part, let's talk about this. Why do you want to do it? Where can we, you know, how can we do it in a way that we all agree is mutually beneficial and safe because safety is the number one priority. Um, and other than that, parental bad habits, Brian, you mentioned, you know, not parenting like our parents. 
my parental bad habit is the because I said so. And every damn time I say it, I hear my dad and I stop myself and go, come on, man, don't do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best, but it's a work in progress. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I told you so. All right, Becca, we are, are running long. I know you have to skedaddle here pretty soon. So social media wasn't a huge thing for you back 10, 15 years ago, I would imagine. Uh, but, okay. but so I want to ask you about sexuality, how you dealt with that. Have you dealt with it? Are you dealing with it? Uh, I know it's an awkward thing. It cannot be a lot of fun. But, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, right. we, we couldn't talk about being gay. Right. It was a four-letter word. <laughs> it was it was not something to talk about. And I know for me, coming out, feeling like I was a four-letter word made it really difficult. How are you handling that? Or are you? Well, we all... I mean, with all of my kids, I had... Uh, the talk, you know, and it wasn't just the talk about, you know, make sure you put a helmet on before you go into war type of conversation. It was, so where are you? Like, where do you stand with all this? You know, because I did have questions with two of my kids, not really knowing for sure where they were in identity and what they found attractive. Um, and never had a question with my oldest. Um, so it was more or less... I would say very normal with my firstborn, who is now going to be 25. Um, that being said, all my kids are, I have a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, and a 24-year-old. They all have healthy, well, I can definitely vouch for two. Two of them have very healthy, personal, intimate relationships. And going back on the whole being open I know everything. So be careful what you wish for. Because they'll just sit down and be like, you know, so me and so-and-so, we did this. And is this, you know, is this normal to not feel like, okay. So, yes, I know things. I'm not going to, yes, I I know things. The only one I'm not comfortable with talking about it is with my son. I love Deanna. I love his girlfriend. She is great. She's the one significant other of my kids that will actually text me out of the blue and just say hey how you doing you know and we just talk and I love her because she's so uh, curious about our lifestyle and how we live and what it was like she didn't have a great you know childhood so everything that we do in this our tight knit is she's not used to that so it's it's awesome to have her around and I love chatting with her but that whole um, identity thing um, I'll go with my middle child uh, like I said off air she was my overachiever my scholar she was also my sport buff so from the age of 8 to 18 she played travel softball so just imagine that chaos this is all year round we live in upstate new york so we do get some very terrible weather like hoff um that being said you know a lot of you know overnights weekends with a whole group of girls you could just imagine what conversations come up and there is self-identity going on at that stages between the ages of eight and you know 18 and like i said she was born in 2000 so she's my millennial baby um we knew going in one of her very best friends uh, and i was close with her mom at the time they were probably like 10. i knew her best friend was her best friend but i knew that best friend wanted more i just knew that you could just you know 
And I remember telling Megan, you know, this is my my middle child, you know, she, you know, I don't want to say her name because I don't, personal reasons, not saying that, that they're listening, but just for, you know, privacy reasons, you know, so-and-so, I, I know she really likes you. And Megan's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, no, I mean, like, she really likes you. How do you feel about this? You know, because it was getting to the point where if she wanted to hang out with someone else, that friend was not having it. She was just throwing fits and wanted to be with her all the time, sitting next to her all the time, arms on her. You, you just, you know. And I loved this girl. I mean, I well, I mean, really did. And once that identity came out and Megan let her know that, you know, I'm not interested in that way. And this was a couple years down the line, that friendship broke off. And I was disappointed with that, but I can't get involved with my kids' relationships. I knew that much. I could help them and discuss it with them, but I can't step in so it did get ugly at one point uh i want to say it was junior year in high school my child uh, called me uh, megan was upset that this girl had lifted her shirt up in class and my child not only had had issues with just being an overachiever and a sport nut but she always had body issues trust me when i say she's beautiful she doesn't need to do anything different with her body but i'm her mother she sees it differently. She was just so embarrassed because a teacher didn't do anything about it because, well, she's a girl. If it was a guy doing it, then they would have had issues with it. So they let it go. Well, I called the school and I raised holy hell. And I put it in the, the perspective, well, let's just say this was you and a, and a coworker. If one of your coworkers were to lift your shirt up in the office, they'd be sent home with a pink slip and they'd be fired from their job. That's harassment and that's your touching nothing was ever done of it because it was the same gender and it's very disappointing that people can get away with things and I just felt really I still do feel horrible for my daughter um, but that was this girl's way of getting back at my child for rejecting her all those years ago which is sad because like how do you handle that like how do you handle that all I could do was hug her I did all I could I called the school and trying to say it shouldn't matter, you know, if this person is this or that and that. It's still someone else putting hands on my child, period. Nothing was done. It was swept under the rug. So there's that to be said. With my son, this is more fun. I used to drive him to school uh, his last I think it was his last year of school, so senior in high school, and he had never mentioned prom. Of course, this was going through COVID, the 2020 thing, and, you know, never mentioned dating, nothing. I'm like, so what's going on? You know, where are you? And he looked at me, he goes, are you asking me who I prefer? I said, I am, because I have no idea. I go, but I want you to know, whatever it is, I'm okay. It doesn't matter. As always, you can tell me everything, you know? And it was just funny. He just wasn't ready. His response, which, Nick, you'll love this because you have four daughters. He goes, do you really think I'm ready for that? I've had a deal with Andriana and Megan my entire life. I don't want to even deal with that drama. I'm not I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. I, I, I want nothing to do with it. And I just started <laughs> laughing. I go, even more reason that it's okay. You just let me know. Just curious, you know, because I'm here. But it was it was great. I mean, but he's been with Deanna now for over a year, and I I absolutely adore the girls. So 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I was always open, but now I know more than what I had expected to know. And for the internet, they're older, so I miss that that bridge. I mean, it was just new when they were getting into it, so they really didn't have trouble. Did we have discussions? Did I have to do some lockdowns? Yes, but nothing ever got crazy, though I will tell you this. Through our own Star Wars Twitter, when things have happened through the community, and you all know what I'm talking about, you know, certain pictures and this and that, I actually say, here, see guys, see this? This is grown adults. See this? Do not do this. <laughs> so just so you know, I take our bad examples from Star Wars Twitter, show it to my kids and say, do not do this. Do not do this. This is wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that's not- where I'm at with that. I think that's great. I do similar things with with YouTube, and we get a lot of homophobic comments on there, and a lot of like the government should take your children away, um, stuff like that. It's yeah, it's it's really really bad, and I leave it there, mostly for the people on Twitter. More often than not, is where it comes from. But I get lots of that stuff doesn't happen anymore. People don't care about the gay thing, which I also hate the gay thing so if you're an ally or anyone please don't say the gay thing because it's not a thing it's who we are and i know a lot of times people mean that to be a good thing or you know they're trying to mend fences i don't know but don't use the gay thing you know i also read some of those comments to jack so he knows what it is like out there sometimes so hopefully he will be more prepared i don't know if that's the right thing to do but whenever it's the they should take your kids away jack's always like why are they telling you that maybe they should talk to one of the kids you know the ones that actually live here because if they asked me that in real life i'd probably tell them something different <laughs> but beck i know you gotta bounce where where can people find you one last time mute button sorry <laughs> like searching for my arrow sorry um as always uh on social media if you're just looking for me all across the board it's at you are angel b if you're looking for my shows uh tarkin's top shelf all across all social media for kanata's castle it's castle kanata on twitter and kanata's castle throughout the rest of social media and thanks for having me of course of course thank you (laughs) yeah absolutely thank you everybody oh Thank you so much. I, I That was great. Thank you. Thank you. Kerwin, Jason, I want to speak to the two of you before y'all have to go, too. I think Kerwin, with two boys, I, I want to ask you specifically if you've thought about those things or, are you know, what that's going to be like. Because I think for me and a lot of people that I know or have had conversations with it's really as a gay man it's really really hard to come out to not only your male friends who may not be gay but your fathers are really really difficult to come out to because society treats gay men as something lesser I mean that's that's a whole other there's there's a lot of conversation to be had with with toxic masculinity and and the idea of what a quote-unquote man is but you know we're not when we have conversations with some guys i think as a gay man i oftentimes not even treated as a man and it's really 
frustrating and it causes lots of problems in and out of everything. How how are you going to deal with that? Yeah, that's a it's a very tough question to answer. Um, what I I'm hoping you know that I'm passing on to my sons is that you can always come to me and talk about anything. <laughs> Um, and, um, and even if they're not comfortable talking to me, they can talk to their mom. That's, that's just as, is fine with me. You know, um, if I feel I need to, you know, say something or, you know, you know, you know, come at my sons from, um, father's, I'll definitely do so. Um, but I would be, you know, if, if, if that were to happen, if they were to, 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 to approach me, I know for certain that I don't want any harm coming to my sons if they were to um you know reveal that you know they are are gay or bisexual um what i worry about first the first thing that comes to mind is their safety because you're right um it's very hard um for for men especially to to come out to their family members uh for black men especially um i grew up in the 70s and 80s um the word gay was not even mentioned because if it was, then you would get teased. Um, and um, I'm from a Caribbean family. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of homophobes in my family. And the thought of someone coming out in my family, male especially, and saying that, you know, they are gay, um, uh, you know, you would be ostracized. Um, you you would you you would get teased. Um, you may not get support that you're looking for. So in most cases, it goes on in our community. We just don't know about it. It's kept quiet. It's kept on the wraps. You know, because of one, it's it's a difficult subject to talk about, and two, for their safety. You know, um, I um was friends with a person from first grade up until eighth grade you know we were in the same classes um he was a great friend and um there were rumors you know i never asked him you know there were rumors you know there were um kids who would tease him about you know he was you know feminine you know what's going on but he was my best friend through through school and it never you know it was not something that I want to approach. It didn't matter. We loved the same things. We hung out on his block uh, and we would just sit on a stoop and just talk. And it was never anything about sexuality or anything like that. It was just about, you know, like, you know, two guys just sitting on on the stoop, just talking about school, just talking about movies. You know, he was um, he was into acting at a very early age. So he talked about a lot about television, you know, our favorite TV shows. and, you know, it was, again, it was never talked about because I guess he just didn't feel comfortable. Um, and it wasn't until maybe three or four years ago that, you know, I was, you know, we, we've lost contact with each other. Um, I checked out his Facebook page and he was, um, he was out and he was very proud and I was happy for him. Um, I don't know what happened with our relationship why we don't talk as much as we used to. And I, I really miss him. And um, to, honestly, I mean, since first grade, you know, we were, we were great friends. You know, I always thought of him as my my little brother. Um, but getting back to your question regarding um, my sons, I, I think the problem is that because, you know, our community is um, very not very open about that subject, that it just stays hidden. And I don't want it to be that way with my family. So 
the change I would make is I want, once again, my sons to be happy and I want them to choose the person that is right for them. Um, Yes, they will make mistakes along the way, but I want them to feel comfortable as to who they are. And um, yeah, it's I, I just want them to be to be comfortable. I want them to be happy. Um, I, you know, it's it's going to be something. It's a challenge because I've never been in that situation where you know I've had someone come out to me, and this would be the first time if that were to happen. And um, once again, the first thing I'm thinking about is, okay, are they going to be safe? Are they going to be happy? And then we're just going to have a discussion about it, you know? Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's how I was raised. You know, it was about not talking about it. If you were, you didn't talk about it. And, and it's the wrong thing to do. And I want to change that. And I want to make sure that my son have a dialogue with myself and my wife. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for wanting to change that. I think it's a really powerful thing to to say and to own and and to put out there because that kind of ideology does need to change you know i grew up in that house as well you know i grew up and the aids crisis was happening all around and somehow i knew even when i was four five six seven i knew i knew i was like those people on TV. I didn't know what it meant or how, how I knew, but I knew. And then I got a little bit older and I really understood that I was gay, but I was terrified, not only because of the AIDS crisis and seeing that on television, but you know, the, the way my father spoke about gay men and the AIDS crisis made me really afraid of what would happen. It made me really afraid of the world and how I would be treated. And if I was treated outside, I wouldn't have anywhere to go because inside my house, my father was going to treat me the same way. And yeah, a lot of us queer people have a before and an after we come out, you know, before we came out and after we came out and a lot of us lose a lot of people. And I thought I was lucky that I didn't lose my father you know, we didn't have a great relationship to begin with most of my life, but we had one. And, and you know, Trump has taken office. <laughs> Thank God he's gone now. But when he took office, he brought a lot of that rhetoric from the 80s and 90s back into our cultural zeitgeist. And he, it, he made it okay to say the things that were said back then. And my father kind of adopted a lot of that again. And, you know, he would say really horrible things in my own house. And so I thought that I was going to not have to have an after, but I've cut my ties with my father now. So now he's also an after it just took a lot of years. So I, my advice for you, Kerwin is to reach out to your friend and let him know that, you know, he looks really happy and just say, let him know that you're happy. And I know it might be uncomfortable but when people have done that for me, it's really helped because not a lot of us get the befores after, but I know you got to go. Uh, let us know your, where to find you one last time. And thank you so much for being here. No, no problem. Once again, this has been a wonderful conversation. I hope we have more of these in the future. Um, 
you can find me at Father Son Galaxy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, we are also on uh, other uh, streaming platforms. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. You know, you know, please spread the word to anyone who uh, would be interested in listening to our podcast. And you know, we have a lot of fun putting this together. It's a family. Um, it's a family operation. You know, we do it all ourselves in our home. And I am proud of what we have accomplished so far, and I'm looking forward to uh, 2022. What's the store for 2022? Um, but yes, we're on Facebook. Yeah, we're on YouTube. Um, we're just looking forward to to what's going to happen this year. You know, so yeah, thank you again. Thank you for having us. Thank no. you for having me. No, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it, Jason. I know you got a skedaddle as well, so thank you for hanging in there a little longer. All of you, thank you for hanging in a little longer. These have been some really powerful words. So Jason, what about you? You know, even if it's not our children who come out as queer, they're going to have friends or or family members that come out as queer or whatnot. I, I think these day, this day and age, it's inevitable that it's going to make its way into our house somehow. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I know for my wife and I, uh, we... We live in a, a small town in Michigan. We're not far from, we're right outside like Ann Arbor and the University of Michigan, which, you know, is a pretty diverse area. But like our actual town we're in and the, the junior high that my daughter goes to, it's still very, it's a rural smart, small town where, you know, the boys are young boys and the girls are girls. And at least for us for what we uh try to we we just always try and instill in her and we have since she was really young that it's it's a big world out there and our town does not represent the rest of the world and that you know even something as little as like watching queer eye together as a family and talking about what happened in the episode afterwards or even you know at her at 12 years old seeing like the guys in queer eye and like us being like god they're the best they are just saints or something and having discussions about it and not really bringing up the fact that you know that they're 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 queer men or anything that they're just people helping other people and they're great people making a difference and just letting her know that, you know, when, when we go on vacations too, trying to go to cities and big cities and being like, this is the, this is the real world. This is what's really out there. Not small town, Michigan. And the and we, you know, again, she's only 13 and we'll see how it all plays out. But the way she talks about it with us, it, it makes us proud at least right now, because it's not, it's their people, they're human beings, they're, you know, whether it's, you know, two women that raise child, two men that raise child, they're, they're the parents and she gets that. And there's no, it's just kind of, it is what it is. And she gets that love is the core foundation and all of it, you know, that it's, that's what it's about. So again, like all of us with children, we just, you know, we planted these seeds and we hope that they grow in the right way. Um, but so far so good. And that's just what, as yeah, what we try and instill. That's great, and, and I love to see how they grow. I know you you may have to bounce too. So, where can we find you? 
Yeah, again, probably the easiest place would be uh, blastpointspodcast.com. Um, that's where Gabe and I uh, have all a uh, whole catalog of our episodes. And if you search on any social media for Blast Points or just Google Blast Points, we're, we're, we come right up. So, yeah. And again, thank you so much for having me on. It's been no. a real treat and an honor. No, thank you. Thank you. Also, uh, props to Small Town Michigan because they still have a small a THX theater. <laughs> So go listen to whatever uh, Blast Points episode that was. But way to go, small town. Way to go. Uh, Nick, I know you've got to bounce as well. Let us let us know everything that you're thinking about everything you've talked about so far. Yeah, it's my best friend in the world who I'm closer to than my brother. He is my brother. He's my family. He's my person. Um, besides my wife is a gay man. He came out to me November 6th, 2006 or no, November 7th, 2006. And he sat me down. We had been friends for a while before that. And I just went, okay, like it wasn't a thing for me. Like he's my best friend. I don't care who he, I do care who he loves. I don't care whether it's a man or a woman. I want him to love who he loves. I want him to be him. So he's always been in our lives. He's always been in my girl's lives. He's their godfather. He's, you know, he's our person. And a couple of years ago, we were going to pick my youngest up from preschool. And in the car next to us was my friend, Amy, who happens to cut all of our hair. And um, she was with her wife and they were picking up their kid from preschool parked next to us. And I saw Alexis, her wife, and I said, oh, hey. And I waved. And as we pulled away, one of the girls said, Dad, who is that? Um, I said, that's Alexis. That's Miss Amy's wife. And at this point, I think the twins were probably 11 or 12. The other one's a little bit younger. And I heard my middle child in the back seat go, her wife? I said, yeah. I said, sometimes men marry men. Sometimes women marry women. I said, you know, it's just people love who they love. And without missing a beat, because it wasn't a secret in our house, but it had just not come up about Jason at any point in our house and who he was and the fact that he was a gay man because he doesn't date a lot. He's just always Jason's just always around my oldest in the front seat next to me in the car just kind of looked at me and without missing a beat, she goes like Jason. She knew kids know things, kids intuit things, kids figure things out. And I just, I looked at her and went, yeah. And she gave me this little smirk, little smile and smirk like, "Uh uh-huh. I know Jason. I know who Jason is. I recognize who Jason is. And my middle child in the back seat goes, huh, that's not a big deal. And I went, you're right. It's not a big deal. Like people get to love who they get to love. And that's always what we've preached in our house be who you are, love who you love, let love. I think, you know, one of you guys said, you know, the core principle is love. Um, I do have two middle school daughters who are in the midst of kids figuring out their sexuality, their best friends. One of their best friends is bi and it's just Maddie. It's just her friend. It's just who they are. And I think the difference in the generational thing, because that has come up, you know, throughout a lot of the tones of these conversations. When I was in high school, you know, if somebody was gay, it was somebody being made fun of. Oh, don't be gay, dude. Don't be gay. You know, that's so gay. You know, that kind of thing, which, of course, was not appropriate then. But things change and shift. And I think as, again, another tone of our conversations have been, if you talk to your kids, if you communicate openly with them, this is what the world is. This is who people are. It's much less of a big deal kind of thing in the sense of like, oh my God, can you believe it? It's just like, oh, okay. You know, he has a husband. She has a wife. Again, another one of our family's best friends. Um, my kid's best friend, his aunt, 
she and her wife live in Miami and they were on the front page of the New York times when gay marriage was legalized. And they were one of those couples that were featured the day that everything was legal. And you know, when people could get married and all that kind of stuff. And it was such, and, but again, they're just like, no, that's Mina and Tia. That's just them. Like they're just people. And that's who people are to my kids. And I want to continue to be that because if one day one of them come out, I'm going to go, I love you. I knew, or I didn't know, or great. Awesome. How can I support you? How can I celebrate you? How can I be your parent? Because none of that has changed. I love you. And I want you to also love who you love. So that's a very long convoluted way to say in our house, people are people and people are allowed to love who they want to love because the goal is res- The goal is respect and seeing individuals for who they are. And then let's grow and live into who those individuals are. And I live in a household full of individuals, so <laughs> I, am, I am nothing if not honored to live in the light of the people around me, most of my children, my wife, my friends, my family. You know, we, it's just we're people and we support each other. And I've had the pleasure, I've had the pleasure of meeting your whole crew, at least through the Internet. It's true. And uh, <laughs> I listen to Mom See You as well, so I feel like I know them <laughs> on all sorts of levels. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> But I will say they are not <laughs> totally individuals when it comes to Thor. <laughs> Thor, they stand united as one. So thank you. Nick. where can people find you, my friend? Where can people find you? Uh, it's truly been an honor to get to hang out with all of you. Those of you that I haven't had the chance to meet until today, I'm so honored to get to meet you. I look forward to further conversations and getting to know you even more. Um you can find me. All the social media stuff is at Wills Pod. Um, you can then get to the other things that I do. As far as podcast of the Wills goes, um, over the last several months, I have partnered up with my friend Pete, and we are putting out content together under the ATG Cast stream. So if you're looking for podcast of the Wills episodes, and you search ATG Cast, that's where you'll find them around the galaxy every other week with podcast of the Wills. Um, streaming Star Wars, which we do anytime there's new Disney Plus content. We did a show last night kind of talking about Kenobi hype, and we will be back weekly when Kenobi starts. And because you brought it up, Brian, this is one other fun little plug to put in there that I didn't talk about up top. Um, Heroes of the Mom See You is a podcast that I do with my wife and my four girls. And the whole conceit is my wife knows nothing about Marvel or the Marvel movies. Before we started this process, she thought that He-Man and Mighty Mouse were a part of the MCU. And so for Mother's Day, um, the year before last, the girls gifted her a podcast. And the podcast is we're watching the Marvel movies in chronological order, making her watch them. Before we watch the movie, we kind of say, what do you think this is about? Show her the poster, watch the movie, then come back and record afterwards. What did you think about it? Um, And it has been a lot of fun. They're usually short 20 or 30 minute episodes. Because, again, all my girls are hardcore in the tank for Marvel, Loki, Thor, you know, Captain America, everybody has favorites. Um, And it's been a fun journey because again, she didn't want to do this, but she did it for the girls. And along the way, it turns out she's enjoying some of these movies, some more than others. Um, Black Widow has been her favorite up to this point. Um, Black Panther is going to be next when we get a chance to record that. Um, And so it has been this other fun little journey to, you know, do something together as a family, 
come along and share passions and that kind of thing. So if you search Heroes of the Mom CU, wherever you get podcasts, those are available. There's a bunch of episodes already up. And we're hoping to get to Black Panther sometime soon. But I love all of you. I'm so thankful to get a chance to be here and hang out. And I appreciate every one of your stories. And I'm so honored to get to just hear and share in this conversation. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Uh, I love you, my friend. You know that. Um, also, if you enjoy Husband and Husband because you think it's great to hear Tom, who's forced to listen to to me ramble on about Star Wars, really check out uh, Heroes of the Mom CU because uh, it's it's got a similar vibe over there for sure. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Des. Oh, 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 hey, sorry. So, uh, Kerwin is still here. I, I, thank you. I, I'm going to take that as a sign that you're enjoying yourself. So I appreciate it. So feel free to chime in a little later and we'll plug your socials again if, if, if we need to. So yeah, I, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is, I'm telling y'all, this is a really great conversation. So Des, um, I want to switch the question around a little bit for the two of you as queer parents. Um, you know, our children, regardless of whether or not they themselves are queer or come out to us, you know, they're, I tell my children all the time, they're, they're forever a part of the LGBTQ plus community just by virtue of us. And they're always going to be there. So I'm curious how the two of you navigate as queer parents through this world for our children, especially in light of everything going on in the world right now. I know a few weeks ago I had mentioned the Lucasfilm tweet talking about how we celebrate our and love our LGBTQ community and all that. And I didn't have exactly the, the best reaction to that. Um, I wish I did, but I didn't, especially in light with, with everything going on across our country and with regards to specifically to queer kids in schools, you know, I think there's a lot of danger there. I've put out tweets that just cause a lot of anger thrown my way in particular and thinking I'm making a lot of things up, but we're queer. We know we're not making things up and there are queer parents at schools, there are other queer kids at school, there is queerness in schools, and therefore it's going to be brought up. And f for states to say and treat queerness like a bad word again is really damaging. I mean, I mentioned my relationship with my father earlier, and and this idea is just coming back. And unfortunately we've been out now like we've come out we've really come out and we can't and we won't and it's impossible to go back in and so other places just in these states and school boards need to realize that and embrace it and just accept it truthfully you know so i'm curious how the two of you navigate the world as a queer parent for your children. Um, Emma, I, I have lots of these conversations with you off mic, but I want to start with you and how you 
navigate the world with that beautiful little little love bug Silas and and, and his wonderful gorgeous hair. <laughs> How do you do it with him? Because <laughs> he's just everything. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Okay, there has been so so many things that I've had to deal with. I mean, from the time that I gave birth to him, like, I was on the gurney about to get my C-section. And the anesthesiologist said, where's daddy? And I was so out of it from all the drugs, I literally just said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he thought from that, but okay. And then Sarah showed up in her scrubs. Um, so, yeah. So, like, right from the very beginning, you know, being a queer mom, you kind of feel, like, othered. You know, it's like this world, you get reminded, like, this world is not made for you, mm. you know? And like, or like when we take Silas to appointments and people are like, who's the mom? And I've just gotten used to saying we both are. <laughs> we both are. Uh-huh. 100%. You know, when I fill out Silas's paperwork, um, like things, sometimes I've been pleasantly surprised, but you know, forms will say like mother, father, <laughs> you know, instead of parent one, parent two, which is probably preferable, you know? Um, yeah. Isn't, isn't that... So, isn't that the worst when you have to cross it out? You have to cross cross it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so bad. Yeah. I'm like Yeah. It's insulting, it's frustrating. It's Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Yeah. All of it. Exactly. So, you know, like navigating society isn't easy and I'm sure a lot of people can imagine like what that's like. But I mean, aside from that, like, honest, I'm just going to be upfront. Like, I am not like other people. And I am ready for my child to send my child out to the world as, like, a radical warrior for queerness. Like, we are straight up teaching him, like, he can be any gender he wants. You know, I mean, like, right now I use he him pronouns because he hasn't told us anything different. But, like, if he he will be very well aware that he is welcome to use any pronouns that he wants or make pronouns up, you know, and those will be respected and honored. And I just am, I'm really ready to send him out in the world to tell other people and, you know, to, to, to live out like our family's values that like there is an infinite number of genders there are many different types of sexuality, you know, like even being aware of like, you know, the ace spectrum, like ace, asexuality and like ace and arrow identities and, you know, and people who are like new, neutra, like people who are like agender, who, you know, who don't take on a gender identity. Like those are all options. Those are all choices. They're all valid ways of being human, human being. I'm 100% sure that the world is not going to be ready for it, but that's just too damn bad because <laughs> that's my mission as a mom, you know? <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm prepared for that to be difficult for all of us, but I am always going to maintain that it is worth it. 
you know, like that's part of our family's values is like, because, you know, the same thing happened to me, you know, like my mom was like, you know, a hip was like a crunchy granola hippie, you know, uh, she was in the Unitarian church when I was younger. And like, we had, we would have people come and like board with like come and be boarders while they were attending like, you know, Unitarian events and stuff like that. And like one time we had someone staying with us who had, was HIV positive and like, and this was in the eighties when like some people didn't realize, like they thought like you could get it from like a handshake and, you know, because they were ignorant and, you know, but like my mom didn't hesitate, you know, she spent her life like putting her neck on the line. Um, for to you know to try and make the world a better place for marginalized people you know and and for me when I came out it was like that was hard for me and I suffered a lot and like I was ostracized and bullied and it was incredibly painful but through that I also learned that even when you have to suffer like injustices to stand up for those things, they are worth that. It is worth suffering like that in order to try and make the world a better place. And I don't know if it was the time I was born, but like attitudes did change around me and I got to see the reward of my struggle. Like I had people who told me, you know, one year in high school, like early in high school, like, no, you, you can't sit with us. You can't have lunch with us because I was out about being queer. And then two years later, they apologized and said, I shouldn't have done that. That was that was wrong. You know, I told people at work, like, please don't say that's so gay and have it like be in, like have a negative implication. And they looked at me like I had slapped them in the face. But it was worth it because I knew that, you know, whoever else they had to work with, they wouldn't have to hear, you know, that's so gay, meaning like that's bad, you know. So I like it's really important to me that I teach Silas. And like I said, I know it's not going to be easy. And sometimes it goes against your instinct to protect your child, you know. But I mean, my job is to protect my child within reason. But it's not, like, I, I don't think it's right for me to compromise my values in the name of um, making life more comfortable for other people. And I hope that the bigger lesson, you know, that sometimes... You have to deal with ostracism and rejection and repudiation in order to live your truth. Like, I hope that that lesson serves him better than whatever he would get out of being protected. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I think that's really, really beautiful. And I, I know you really well. I've gotten to know you so well over these past few years. And, you know, little baby Silas is in such good protective hands because I know in one hand you have a brick and you're not afraid to stand up yeah. and do what you need to do with it. And 
the greatest lesson you taught me was you can throw that brick with one hand and use the other one to pick that person back up and give them a hug and hope that they figured out what they needed to figure yeah. out. <laughs> you know, I just, it's, it's a really valuable gift that you have given me. I, I hold on to too much anger. Sometimes I think it's, it's not my favorite aspect of myself and I work at it every single day, but I scrounge up a lot of money to try to buy a new pair of sunglasses to see the world in. But I just, I try, I try. <laughs> you know? I get it. <laughs> That's valid too, though. You know, like we all have our own journeys and we all do what we have the energy for. And I feel like I have this intense fiery energy for a reason so that I can use it for people who, you know, need to burn a little lower and slower, you know? But but the other thing I wanted to say about about sexuality and, and kids is that like we have to realize that we are sexual beings from birth, you know, and and the thing about protecting our children um, from exploitation and abuse is you need to teach them that sexuality is like a series of concentric circles. So when you're immature, the circle is just you. So you explore your sexuality within the boundaries of your own self and your own body. And then as you mature, the circle expands and you can invite other people and other consciousnesses into the circle once you have matured and have developed, you know, a, a, the mentality that is required to uh, consent, right? So I, because I think that a lot of people think of sexuality as like being like an on-off switch, but it's not. It's not like you're not sexual at all when you're a child and it's not appropriate to explore it with involving other people. You still have it. It's just that it's only appropriate to explore it within your own self, right? And I, we need to honor that. And I think, I think, I think if more people thought of it that way, you know, it would be a lot easier to get through to people who don't understand that it's important to discuss the existence of queer sexualities mm. with children. You know, even though they can't consent to involving other people, they need to have the tools to explore within their own selves and within the boundaries of themselves where it's safe. Because this is the ages that that exploration and self-discovery is happening and, and kids need to understand and and know that they're they're of value regardless what they're questioning or experimenting with. I I agree with you a hundred percent. And sadly, you know, maybe it's not so sadly, but school is a place where kids discuss those things, and it's a safe safer place for many than it is at their homes. And I think a lot of people live in a very idealistic world that thinks that everyone's house is is really safe and all the parents are accepting and trustworthy. But, you know, some of us know that just that isn't the case. You know, I mentioned earlier, the, the Star Wars loves us gays, tw uh, Instagram post or Twitter or whatever it was and how I really took it kind of the wrong way. You know, I think a few weeks ago we had a live stream that just for me was not, the best show we've ever done because that tweet just really sucked the winds out of my sails. And 
I was not at my best, you know, that, that, that what to me anyways felt like a very like fake, not very sturdy platform to stand on just was disappointing. And I love Star Wars and I believe in what Star Wars teaches. I just sometimes wish that Disney also kind of believed in what Star Wars teaches, you know, uh, a few days ago or yesterday or something, I was dealing with one of those, those in quotes, Twitter people and a troll that I gave way too much airtime for, but I did because I, I, I hope, and I was getting frustrated and, you know, Tom who I've said several times, isn't on social media like at all. And I understand where he comes from, but he was just like, why are you even talking to them? Just stop. And I told him, like, I can't. And I don't, you know, he doesn't always understand that. And that's all right. And not everyone does understand it. Not everyone needs to do that. I think that is, is there's nothing wrong with that. We all need to do and stand by who we are. And I have too much Star Wars in my blood for that. You know, I learn too much from the rebellion i rebel and i stand up and i believe in people as much as i have a bad pair of sunglasses on i still believe in people and i am hopeful that more people are good than are bad and i come at these people and engage and like i said sometimes i engage for too long but i do that because i believe in people and i am not vain enough to think that me myself in this one conversation is going to sway someone's thoughts on queer people to the extent that I hope that it would, but I might be someone who opens the door for the first time or pushes it open a little farther. You know, I think change takes a long time. I wish it was quicker. We all wish it was quicker, but it takes a long time. And that's just the way it's going to be. Sometimes I worry about my children and what, what this next generation is like because you hop on Twitter and, and people on Twitter, at least the way they present themselves on Twitter, I feel like they think change is an on and off switch and that people should just get things. And sadly and truthfully, not every single person in the world has met a queer person. They may not have ever met a trans person. They may not have ever met a non-binary person, and they don't necessarily understand how to navigate through that. It doesn't make it okay, but it also doesn't make them wrong. It makes them wrong when they act up about it. I'm not saying that, but it doesn't dictate what kind of person they're going to be. But Des, I'm curious, how do you deal with all of this? Well, first of all, I didn't grow up um, in the queer community. In fact, I grew up in the uh, complete and total opposite. So I grew up in the church, and, you know, I always say that a lot, but I think it's very important to know that, you know, our pasts shape a lot of who we are. And so I feel a lot of times I'm split between two worlds. I have one daughter who is still very much exposed to the church world. And so, um, you know, growing up, um, we were just, you know, I, I, I know I see underlying things throughout my entire growing up that were little telltale signs to lead me where I am today. 
hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, I didn't have, I really didn't even know what certain things were. You know, the part of the problem with the don't say gay is that, you know, when you don't discuss it, you don't know, you don't learn, you don't evolve, you don't have a proper unit of measurement. Okay, you don't have the ability to, c- to contrast and compare and to see what's there. So I wasn't afforded that. So it was very hard to kind of get an idea outside of the bosom buddies, you know, the Tom Hanks show or the threes company, you know, talking about, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, the, um, the John Ritter character, uh, Jack Chipper was gay. And so you always talk about a make fun of type of thing. You know, we just talked about, you know, oh, that's gay. That's queer. That's that. You know, um, I was bullied profusely. Um, I just, you know, just I I don't know. I, I didn't come across as the most um, masculine kid growing up. And so I was bullied and uh, horrible. And so it was just all that negativity, all that inability just to, you know, to even see where things were. And then to compound it with that church environment. So you've got this, you know, you've got the seventies and the eighties, um, even in the nineties, you've got the church environment where things were very polar, where, you know, like I didn't, you know, even though I'm the child of two pastors, it really wasn't taught in the house to, you know, it's bad, it's evil, it's all of this, but it was just implied. You know, I really didn't get to the political part until I went to this evangelical college because I had to live in a certain area to play in this uh, brass band that I was a part of. And um, it's just like, I, I was so insulated and just didn't have that opportunity. And now, you know, I see my one kid where, you know, she must know, she knows about this culture. You know, she's, I'm dealing with it. But I feel that she's very much caught between two worlds. Um, but the only thing I can do is what type of example to show her is to show her that, you know, I feel like a lot of times trans people spend more times defending their lives, asking for legitimacy than actually the fact of just living their lives. And so all I want to do now is be able to show on one side to be able to say, you know what, I am in a better place. I am happier. All those things and all those you know, just that, that in a way that former person was indeed that former person. Um, so, but then I have the one on the other hand who is not grown up with that, who is seeing me every day, who the, the, the depth of knowledge that my nine-year-old has years ago, um, we were, I was late for picking her up from a school event at the library and so a woman came and she said, well, I want, can I talk to you for a second? And I said, yeah. She goes, your daughter, wow. And I'm like, she goes, the depth of her knowledge. And I go, explain. I go, well, I asked, you know, where's your dad? And she goes, I don't have one. Well, and then the lady's like, well, what do you mean? And so the way that she went about explaining what she's been seeing every day in her life brought this woman to humility to say that what an example and you know it's just you know so much we're growing up we were verbs you know we chopped people who are gay or trans not as nouns but as verbs they're an action an action that could be corrected an action that is you know just like i decided to run or i decided to walk you know it is an action that you choose and so that was how even though i i know that i could see so much that i was always looking in this looking in that direction but I, I never had the resources or means to be able to do it. And so now seeing my youngest, who clearly knows that 
just the sensitivity of not knowing where my oldest is can hand her a note and say, this is from your dad. But yet my oldest, I am mama through and through. You know, my, my youngest goes, Mother's Day is my busiest time of the year. You will just never understand. And I'm just like, the heart of you, child. But so the example is to show to my youngest that this is just normal. You know, that this is just day to day. We're existing. There's nothing, you know, dramatic. There is no agenda other than just just loving. And, you know, I, I want to just... If, I know we had the question earlier, but what would you do if your kids ever came out? And, you know, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what my mom said to me, you know, and, you know, I'm, as a parent, we are required to show unconditional love. You know, our, our kids can look at us and flip us off one day. And the next day as a parent, we just go, how can I love you more? And I said, you know, as I, the, the, seeing the response from my mother and my wife go, well, you asked her her thoughts. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry. That's wrong. I says, as a parent, our job is to unconditionally love. If my kid came out and I didn't agree with it, my job is to love no matter what. If things were horrible and they were at rock bottom, my job is not to rub their nose in it, to pick them back up, do whatever they can to get back on their feet and hope it all, you know, and, and set them off again. And knowing that you're going to be there no matter what. And so I want to show to both my kids that if they do, that, you know, that it is okay. You know, they can see now that there is an example, that there is a normality there. You know, when my youngest, we can go to dinner, you know, there's going out with my moms or to run them something and say, hey, mom. And I know that she means it when she's looking at me or you go, you know, she, you know, like that, you know, which, which mother, which mother do you want to blame? Oh, you know, she just rolls her eyes and says, okay, well, where do I start? You know, <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, just showing the normality. It was hard for a while because I felt like every day, like I had even to prove myself, but now I'm at the point where, you know what, this is just who I am. And even to my oldest where, you know, what? I am who I am. I'm where I'm at. I'm at a better place now than you can ever imagine. And my oldest was my inspiration. You know, it was through my oldest to discover, you know, where I came from. And I used my youngest to, to help guide where I'm going. Because it's almost like, you know, they, they've both my kids have been involved with two different parents to a degree. And so how do you work with the one and work with the other is very difficult. But the example to show is that, you know what, this just being trans or being queer is just a part of who I am. You know, I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the blame for all my kids' weird traits. And, you know, I love music. I'm a photographer. I'm all these things. Those are truly what make up who I am. This, these other things are just so naturally entwined there. We just should just be a part of just normality where we don't have to be demanding for our voice to be heard because our voice is just blending in with everybody else's. And that's what I want to show my kids is that when people come back and push and they go, I don't see what's the big deal. I don't get what they're saying because, you know, they're living in a different world. And, you know, I want my kid to be able to grow and to explain, you know, it just says, you know, M said with Silas, you know, to be a defender and to be able to know when it's time to stand up and say, you know what, enough of your nonsense. You know, I can tell you from what I've grown up with. And, you know, we do want our, you know, we do want our kids to be better than us. And so I'm hoping that they see, you know, they don't have, they, my, my, old, my youngest is not going to have to grow up in the environment that I grew up with. She's going to know to love people just because you want to be loved. 
And that's all that truly matters. And so it's, it's, it's hard, you know, like, I mean, I, I'm always grateful when I'm able to reach out from people from my past, my church past, and even now lately, my music past. And just to say that, you know what, this, this is who I am, just get over it. And to show my kids that, you know, it is okay to, you know, face your fears. And it is okay to question. You know, I was taught, you just didn't question, you know, I was taught growing up, you just didn't question, you know, Kerwin, you said, you know, you grew up in a culture where <laughs> you just, there's certain things just didn't happen. And I can totally relate to that. But I want to say to my kids, you know what, just, just keep your ear to the ground, you know, look at, look at people who have gone on before you and to realize that, you know, it is okay to be who you are, where you're at and those that love you will continue to love you no matter what. And you don't have to read the comment section of life. So <sighs> it's just, it's a work in progress. That's just so incredibly, so incredibly beautiful. Thank you. This is, this is where we need to end it. We need to end it with the comment section of life. I just, every time I speak to you, I've got little, little words uh, of, philosophies little word philosophies of of a new way to look at life and i just i appreciate you so much Des. thank you um you know and to circle back to what jason said i'm just so proud of your daughter i'm so proud of you for instilling that in her and what jason said earlier about being a team a, an equal member a real team member and in that moment from the story you were sharing like she wasn't your daughter in that moment she was an equal member of the team and she valued you as a human not just mom but a human and she stood up for you in a way that that i think only someone at that age could ever do and i just it's really really inspiring all of you i am so incredibly grateful of everything that you all shared you know to to circle back again to what maria said last week and let's get beyond the pew pew pews you know this is the stuff that keeps Star Wars going. I mean, listen to all of your stories over this week and the week prior of how Star Wars has, has shaped you into the humans that you are today. And, and, you know, us parents know in a lot of ways, more importantly, shaped us as parents and these young people that each of us are bringing up. You know, they're all going to be standing together when they're older and we will not be there the same way that they will be as, as we get older. And I look forward to the days that our children are older and stand toe to toe with people from our generations at a, at a voting booth, you know, or stand together more importantly at a voting booth um, and really challenge some of these outdated unhealthy and dangerous ideas that still persist today you know they are going to be the rebellion for the future and i just couldn't think of a greater group of people to be raising that next rebellion than you Kerwin. again thank you for staying where can people find you no thank you again this is such a very important dialogue to have and like i said i didn't have this growing up um i didn't have it as an adult um so i am very thankful to be a part of this panel and i hope that we have more of these conversations in the future and i would love to be invited back um, you could, thank you you could find us 
uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Father Son Galaxy. We have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, we try to record an episode of our podcast weekly. Uh, we're always here to talk about Star Wars. We also have a segment where we do a reading, uh, story time reading with my younger son. Um, so we would just love to have families just gather around and just listen or watch us um, and just, uh, you know, just enjoy family time and just enjoy family reading. Um, so once again, thank you for having me on this podcast episode and um, hope to interact with all of you once again in the future. Thank Love you. it. Of course, you're very welcome. Thank you. Des, how about you, my dear? Sounds where good. can people thank you? Where can people find you? Where can people find you, Des? Uh, let's see. For my Star Wars related life, uh, you can find me at, at looks Jedi to me. Uh, my main Twitter account. Uh, I talk about my love of vinyl and stuff like that and my just utter passion for music. You can find me at, at Whistler. Um, the podcast, I'm a co-host um, of at Sithy Minutes and you can find us there on Twitter and all through social media at at Sithy Minutes. And for my um, writing of just whatever um, comes across my uh, path in life, uh, you can find me at uh, danastinson.com and uh, other than that, uh, I'm uh, busy, so there's no no rest for the wicked. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Emma? Where can people find you, my dear? <laughs> Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hatsleia, H-U-T-T-S-L-E-I-A, ship who you want, all ships are valid, especially Dinluke. And we're back. Well, we're not back, but I'm back. Um, I just, I really need to say thank you again to all of the parents out there who uh, spoke during this podcast. I am so grateful to hold a space with all of them and to hear their points of view on parenting, uh, specifically with the stuff we've talked about the last two weeks. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I also really want to say thank you to all of you that listen. And come back to a Star Wars podcast that speaks about these kinds of things and looks at Star Wars the way that we do. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like we're a queer podcast that happens to talk about Star Wars as opposed to a Star Wars podcast. But y'all come anyways, and I really, really appreciate it. Again, if you could leave us a review on whatever podcatcher you use, that would be really amazing. It really does help us. And until next week, you can follow me and the show on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Serving Pink Milk. Thank you so much and drink up. <laughs>